Hello, everyone. Welcome to our second podcast. Daja hao, everyone. I am super excited to record this episode. I know, me too. I'm a happy, happy, happy girl. Um, we had a little bit of issues setting up again, but you know, every week we're going to learn, mm-hmm. go with it, and we're going to see how we're going to do every time we come and record a podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it took us four, four hours last time, and this time it only took two. I know. So, I'm really impressed. Getting better. Okay, so let's have a quick introduction. How was your week this week, Cheryl? Um, it was great. I am going through some growth issues with my daughter. So she has potty trained. She is off the diaper. Mm-hmm. So she can pee and sleep through the night. And she's asking to go to the bathroom. Um, poos, we got issues there. She needs oh, a diaper so- every time. She will pee in the toilet, but she won't poo in the toilet. No, she won't. She will come to me and say, I need a diaper. And that's how we know she's going to need to poo. Is that because it takes longer to poo and she doesn't um, want to be on the toilet for as long? No. Okay. So I think now <laughs> she does a poop dance before she poos. So she's gotten so used to doing that, that I think she can't sit down and poo. So we're going to have issues with that. But I'm just happy that we over that hurdle. And then she, you know, she loves the dummy. Dummy is a pacifier for those who don't know what that means. And um, we have gotten rid of it this week. And And she's three years old, right? She's three. So she is really old for someone who has a dummy still. The reason why I haven't gotten rid of it earlier is because she is so independent Mm -hmm. and she sleeps on her own. She's been sleeping on her own since she was three months old. She soothes herself. She, you know, never asks to be comforted if she's upset or had a nightmare. She'll just wake up and take the dummy and her bunny and like rub it and suck it and like put herself back to sleep. So I did tell her when she turns three, we're getting rid of it. And we just acted like we left it at school and she went to bed fine she was crying of course asking for it but it was not like she was sobbing she was more like um asking what happened and why would lao shu lao shu is a teacher here in taiwan um not put her dummy back in her bag and why would she keep it and so we made up a story so the next night we told her that um her babysitter's dog died a while ago and we said that okay you know what dummy's gone to visit Xiao Bai. And, um, you know, he needs it more than you do. And it won't come back because remember what we said, when you go to God, you can't come back to visit. Uh, and she was like, okay, that's okay. I'm okay to share it. So, Aww. yeah. But I, I think I said to you the other week, what I quite like about it is that you took the blame off yourselves. So she couldn't like say, oh, you've got my pacifier. You've got my dummy. Why have you got it? It's more, oh, okay, well, we're having to solve this problem as a family because all of us, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing Alec could do. You don't have it. And it's not your fault you don't have it. So she's not blaming you. Yes. So um, (laughs) she uh, did on the first night think that we hid it and we did, but we hid it really well. So she went and looked in her school bag. She looked in her cupboards and she was like, oh, there's really no dummy. And then she was really upset. Like you could tell that she was almost going through a loss and I felt really bad because they do describe this online as that they're letting go of something and it's a big deal so I felt really bad for her I was like this is what it's like 
for her to, you know, have a uh, funeral almost for her dummy. So I'm happy for her. She has not asked for it. She did ask for it last night. She did say like, I really just want my dummy just one last time. And I said to her, you know, we really don't have any at home, you know. Well, I remember you and Alec discussing it and Alec's mum had given you a really good idea about burying the dummies and then putting lollipops down where you've buried them okay so we want to do that but now we're worried that if she sees the dummy that she's gonna be like oh it it is it's here it's back you know like i can have it i think we've decided this far yeah we've decided like okay we're not gonna mention anymore we won't even bring it up we are not gonna show it to her unless she asks us like can we go bury it then we will do that i think that's great but yes so this has been a two weeks of intense also for me as a mom I feel a lot of mom guilt I feel so worried that like I'm doing something wrong or damaging my child even though I know that there's no way it's just I I know that she's so independent that I feel bad that I'm taking away something that brings her comfort and So the last week she's been waking up at 5 a.m., which we're not used to. We're used to her sleeping till 7. So we are struggling with that. And we hope that next week she will go back to her normal schedule. Oh, so we'll see. Crossed. Fingers crossed. But I, one thing I, I really respect with you and Alec, because I know you did this with sleep tra- training also, is to uh, be consistent and keep trying and I think Alec was saying to me, your husband was saying to me that, you know, three days of hell and then it's done. Yeah, and it literally, um, I just want people to know, it did take three days. Three days of potty training, no diaper, and her, and letting her know that she needs to let us know that she needs to go pee and that we'll take her to the bathroom. And three days for the dummy. And I really thought that three days for the dummy would be longer because she it was so needy she's a very um tactile child she needs things in her mouth like you when she has a bunny it's like always by her nose by her mouth and she's touching she's feeling she's someone who is really into like touch and smell and so i really thought it's gonna take a lot longer and i told alec if it takes longer i don't know if i can be strong because i'm softer than he is and actually I did sit with her the first night for an hour before she fell asleep and stroked her face and told her it's okay to be upset. She was very upset. She was sobbing, not not howling and throwing a tantrum. She was, I could tell that she was really sad and I was telling her like, it's all right to be sad, I understand. And this is something we need to do at this age because I was like, no one else at your age has a dummy anymore and it's time to let go. Remember what mommy told you when you're three, it's time to be a big girl and you can't have the baby stuff even though she did tell me i'm a baby i'm like yes you are mommy's baby forever but we need to get rid of the dummy but i think it's a good it's it's a nice lesson to teach other parents like put in the effort and even if it seems like a struggle for the first couple of days like just keep going with it you've started now don't stop like keep going and you'll get there oh well that's makes for a hard week for you and how was your week (sighs) I've had a really difficult week, so I'm actually officially three months pregnant today. So I'm going to be hitting all the landmarks because we record our podcast on Sundays and it's always on a Sunday when it like it hits the next big stage. So So officially three months now and I have told people, um, but last week I got COVID. 
So that was interesting. Um, I was actually at your daughter's three-year-old. I know, um, and she stayed the whole day, guys, even though she was like, I feel like I think I have a little bit of a scratch in my throat. Yeah, in the heat, which was quite dangerous, really, because it's very hot in Taiwan right now. And the more I think about it, I, I should have left earlier. But, but maybe I just wasn't that uncomfortable. When I got home, I felt really uncomfortable and I'd had a temperature of like 37.55. So I hadn't quite made the 38, probably did when I was at the park though. Um, and I know that having a temperature when you're pregnant can be really dangerous for the baby. So still a bit worried, still think about that. But I did, I went to, I called my clinic and they told me to go to emergency. Um, so I went to the emergency room, well, the emergency part in the, what do they call it? The emergency, uh, the ER? ER, that's it. So I went to the ER and uh, they took my temperature. It wasn't too bad. And then they said, okay, um, right now we just treat in Taiwan because it's a different in every country, right? In Taiwan, they just treat COVID as a common cold now. But because you're pregnant, they'll treat it as a high risk. So when you're pregnant, you actually are more at risk of getting severe COVID because your immune system's lower, yeah. right? So they were like, okay, you... You, you sound okay now, your lungs sound okay, like you've got a bit of a temperature, but not really much, like nothing they need to bring down. I, my symptoms weren't very strong, but it was a gamble. So they said to me, we have this new antiviral drug called Paxlovid. So you can take this and then it will stop, stop the COVID from getting worse. And I was like, oh, I don't know, is it safe during pregnancy? And they said to me, well, yeah, it's safe, but um, the long-term effects, you know, it's a new drug, so we're not too sure on the long-term effects. And then it just hit me with this dilemma, like, do I take it? What if my COVID doesn't get bad? What if I don't take it and my COVID does get really bad and then I'm questioning why I didn't take it? You know, it's it's really hard as a pregnant woman to, like, make these decisions, and you should always question everything and research everything. So the doctor gave me five minutes to, like, leave and go and think about it, and after a little bit of research, I just thought, you know, I've had COVID before. I've had my vaccines. I've had three. I didn't get the fourth, but I've had three, and I just thought, I'm not going to do it. I think I'm going to be okay. And I took that risk. And thankfully, it, it paid off and I was okay. But I'm not saying to other people, don't do, do it, the yeah. same or don't do the same. You have to do what's Just right for you. Just go with your gut feeling. Uh, yeah, and if you're not feeling well. And I know women that had taken it and they were fine. Yeah. I just chose not to take it. So I was feeling really ill on the Saturday. But then by the Sunday, I was okay. Monday, I felt really low in energy and like groggy. Tuesday, all right. By Wednesday, I was fine. Yeah. I have five days off work, I took them yeah. because I wanted to give my body that chance to rest because, you know, your body's fighting against a virus and growing a baby at the yeah. same time. And if work's going to give it to you, then it would be stupid not it's to not take it. Do it. Take yeah. So that was difficult. But on a highlight, I did go shopping yesterday. Mm. I bought my first pregnancy things because I'm at three months now. Yes. So I'm trying to allow myself to start enjoying being pregnant and not be scared of being pregnant yes. anymore. So I really wanted a maternity pillow. And I researched this brand called Hugsy. Yes. And they're not cheap, but 
it's worth it. And you go to this like really f- nice fancy shop and they have like a, a, a bed made up and you go on and you try all the pillows and they give you a <laughs> chat about it. And then you choose the materials for the pillow. I'll show you at the end of the podcast. Did You've you, did you try it. the pillows? Did you yes. lie on the bed? And yes, I got on the bed and tried all the different <laughs> positions, tried all the different fabrics. And then I brought um, a swaddle as well because the cotton that they use is real cotton oh, and yes. it's really good for the baby. And then they gave you a couple of free things because you're buying a lot in bulk, right? So I was really excited about that. And then we went to Colin's parents' house and we told his family that we're having a baby. Oh his mum was ecstatic. She just goes, hung gao shing, hung gao shing, gao shing. Like, so happy. So happy she forgot her friend's phone number that she was trying to call and she couldn't dial it. She was like, I need to let everyone know I'm going to have another grandchild. Yeah, she was just so ecstatically happy. So the week ended on a positive note. I also did go to the doctor on Wednesday and have a quick scan and a checkup and everything looked okay and everything was all right. So we got to see baby and baby looks nice and healthy and I got to see the scan and it I waved. was like, oh. It waved at me in the thing. I was so happy. So yeah, so that was our weeks. Okay, so our topic this week is, what's our topic this week, Cheryl? Oh, we're going to talk about a sex during pregnancy, everyone. And after pregnancy. And after, yes. Yes. Not just for expecting mums. Actually, do you know, I really think that this is a conversation that most women and men, if there's any men out there, you should be listening to this. Yes. I think this will really give you a good insight onto the woman's mind. But I think we're not just going to be speaking about what happens to mums and pregnancy. You know, some topics are going to stray away a bit from pregnancy. We don't always have to, to be discussing that. So we are going to be talking about sex during pregnancy and yeah, after yeah. pregnancy. So let's start with during pregnancy. Yeah. Now, you're a mum, so you've gone through all trimesters. Yes. What was it like for you? So for me, I have to be honest, so... It is not sexy. It is not something people (laughs) see in the movies where, you know, it's like romantic. It's almost... Okay, so the first trimester, you are worried. Like everyone would say, is it it okay to have sex during the first trimester? And um, I am not a doctor. So for me, we were fine. We had sex. The doctor said it was fine. And we had no issues because my Mm. stomach wasn't so big. It's only... The only time we had issues was actually in my last trimester. My last trimester, it was... It was almost like a hippo, you know, trying a hippo. to... Yeah, like a hippo. You're, you're so big. And like getting into the bed and moving and maneuvering the stomach. And you know, you can't do any... You can't just lie on your back. You can't just lie on your side. You have to do it in a way that is comfortable for the both of you, right? So, yeah, because we both researched this. And after 20 weeks, you're not supposed to lie on your back anymore, right? Because it hits... What nerve is it again? Can you remember? I think it's a... Let me take take a look. Yeah, I I know there's like a main nerve or artery or something that it can... the baby it's a blood the... vessel in your belly yes. that you can compress, like your um, uterus weight is too heavy for, okay. and you can cut off the circulation. That's what and they that say. can cause fainting, heart arrhythmia, things like that, right? So they say they actually say left is best. Yes. Lying on your left is And they the did best. say that about heartburn too, like when you go to sleep to lie on your yeah, on your left. Yes. So that you don't have such bad acid reflux. So missionaries out the question yes. after twenty. So missionary but we did not use missionary, we did doggy style every time because Ooh. it was just the most easiest. My husband is someone also who is very um visual. So for him, he found it not not that he was 
put off. He just said that it was very hard for him to concentrate, especially if he saw the baby moving. <gasps> yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, so every time if he saw the baby moving, he 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 would say to me like, it's not you, it's just, I'm just, it's like, it's weird, you know, like, yeah. you know, I'm trying to be sexy with my wife and then my child's moving and, you know, once we were getting it on and he felt the barely baby kick onto his hand and he just told me like, that's it, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I can't, I can't. And some men, they don't get put off by it. Like we've, we've spoken to friends about it. They were like, no, it doesn't bother them. Alec is someone who is very, um, he needs like concentration. He doesn't even, like if the dogs bark, he's just like, oh no, he, he needs it to be just us in the room. So yeah. he found it really. Um, uh, to be uh, honest, I have always thought about that with dogs. I don't know how people can have sex in a room with a dog. Yeah. I, f- I would find that really weird. We remove them and we like, go to your beds. And we, we have something called a crate. We did crate training. We put them in the crate if we know that we're going to do stuff or, or we're going to bed. When Every night when we go to bed, they get put in their crate and they know it. They find that their safe spot. But yes, I found it weird. Like, So in Taiwan, a lot of families share the same room for a really yeah, long time. I don't know how they do it. I, w- Very I would common. love to ask someone, like, if they are open to tell us what it's like to co-sleep and, and have be sex. With- yeah. I've when never- do they find time to do it? That's why. Uh, we have a friend whose wife is pregnant now, and they co-sleep with their little one. And um, I wonder. Do I you wonder think if- they do it while the child's in the room? I don't know. So I, w- I wouldn't mind asking them, like, can you share with us? That- and-, and don't be ashamed. It's something no. natural. Like, people need to do this. And, like, you know, sex is something natural that everyone does. Um, yeah. But... I just think also here in Asia, uh, women are scared to have sex during pregnancy. They think it's going to harm the baby. And of course, like if you have a placenta problem or if you have a high risk pregnancy, they say, um, the doctor will tell you like, oh, you can't, you know, you should not refrain from having sex. Then you should listen. But most of the time the doctor will say, oh, it's fine. You know, do what you need to do. It's a bit awkward to ask here too because they're not very open. No. So I remember being like, can I still have sex? And the the doctor was like, sorry. And I'm like, can I still be with my husband? And (laughs) she was like, oh yeah, no, don't worry about that. That's fine. No, you don't have a problem. No, I know someone who's pregnant at the moment and they stop sex. They just don't have sex. Yeah. Yeah. And And if that's that's you, it's okay. But you know. I think... Um, for me, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never been someone that's had a high sex drive. I know you and Alec have, yeah. like, you, you've spoke about that with me before. I've never been someone who has had a high sex drive. Uh, I like sex. I feel like it's necessary in a relationship to feel that connection. But sometimes I feel pressured. And then once I feel pressured, I'm just like turned off to the idea of it. And it's not like my current partner pressures me at all. It's it, it, I pressure myself. I'm like, oh, I haven't had sex in a week. I need to have sex. I need to have sex. Then it's playing on in my mind. But when you're in the, f- I can only relate to being in the first trimester. Right? I'm going into my second trimester now. But, oh, God, that sounds so weird to say. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I... In the first trimester, my IBS is bad. I'm bloated. My nipples are so sore. I know I said this in the first uh, the first episode, and a friend that actually listened to our first podcast episode, he listened to it in the morning because he lives in England, and he was like, yeah, it's a really good podcast, but it's very weird to listen to you talk about your nipples at six o'clock in the morning, Kat. And now I'm talking about my nipples again. I feel like, you know, it's a okay, theme Okay, but here. yes, that's another thing. Like your, your husband, I, I don't know, when you're with your partner, you want to grab onto things. Mm-hmm. You want to be passionate 
And when you're in the first trimester, I remember him it like hurts. grabbing and, and squeezing. And I was just like, that's not making me feel good. No. So I'm like knocking his hands away no, the whole no. time. Those areas are no go. Yeah. He's just like, going to get, get away. Done. Get away. Get away. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and then you're bloated. I'm, I feel like. I don't know which is luckier, being constipated or having diarrhea. I think I would rather have diarrhea than be constipated. I don't know. We should do a poll. Yeah. Let's see what people yes, vote for. We'll do one. Constipation or diarrhea, which is worse during pregnancy? Yeah. Because when you're constipated, you get sharp pains, yeah. right? And those sharp pains can be really triggering and worrying, right? And then also you're even more bloated, gassy. I don't want to be having sex when I'm constipated. And also... Painful. I, I don't want to, you know... <laughs> break any dreams for anyone but when you're about in your three third trimester you have no space literally you're ha thinking about your husband putting his penis in you it's yeah. like where's it gonna go you have literally no nowhere else so I did you like have no sex after a certain period no we 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 had sex until because kira on the day actually she came on due date but we were told like oh you know do all the things you need to do your baby is ready at 37 weeks pregnant right and um my doctor said oh she's on the bigger side so anytime now you, you should start preparing to like eat the pineapple eat the curry and i was like okay so i did all that and we had sex and actually the day that we did that evening she came they do say that sex induces labor, don't and they? And I, I did research it, and it does say that there is something in the man's sperm that releases some chemical into your cervix, and mm. it tells your body to be ready. Mm. But at the same time, I researched, like, is it safe all throughout pregnancy? And they said it's fine. It's not going to make you go into labor early. It's just okay. something people ask you to do when, when your baby's almost going to come out. Okay. Yeah. So you would say that you had a pretty healthy sex life and sex drive during yes. pregnancy. But it was a bit weird when I got too big because I didn't feel sexy. Um, I have friends like my cousin who was like, oh, you should, you know, be feel sexy. It's amazing. And, and, and you should have sex. And I was like, it's literally like you feel, I, well, I felt like, a huge hippo wall rust like moving like literally rolling in the bed was hard for me to roll onto my side so if he did if the position wasn't right and i had to move it was just not i didn't feel like i could move in a sexy way or mm. any not that i'm trying to be sexy but you you don't want to feel unsexy and i was just i found it so hard to maneuver i couldn't even get out of the bed my bed was so soft that i'd just be like someone help me so imagine me and your like, bed's quite low down as yeah. well isn't it so it's yeah. like imagine me moving in the bed and then my husband trying to maneuver me and he's very small as well so i was like this is not i'm gonna squash him <laughs> like i was just like i don't feel sexy at all i'm at that stage right now where um sex is really important to my partner like it is his love language yes. it is the way he feels connected and i'll be honest if we haven't had sex in one week i can feel a disconnect like i feel i feel like i need it to connect him because to me sex is what makes you a partnership not just yes. the only thing don't get me wrong but yeah. i'm friends with you i don't have sex with you yeah right so it's what makes me it makes some you feel connected mm -hmm. it's like what we were talking about we spoke about this before like our partners are not very um uh, loving they are loving but it takes them 
time to get used to mm-hmm. doing touching and like PDA when we yes. go out, right? So I was saying that after sex, it's always, you can tell that they're, they're more loving and they like come yes. and hug you and kiss you. But before that, you can tell there's a little bit of, not aggression, but they, they seem to be like, in a bad mood or irritable and then once they release that yes yeah it builds up um but at the moment i'm at that stage and i'm not afraid to admit it and it might annoy some women but i'm at that stage where people will look at me and go is she fat or is she pregnant do i offer her a seat or will i offend her you know so it's kind of like is she you know you you can't tell i'm pregnant unless i tell you i'm pregnant or if you knew me yeah it's the awkward stage between the pregnancy yeah yeah so it's also the stage i feel the least confident in i think and probably will i think once i get a bump i'm gonna be like oh i'm pregnant like that's it i'm pregnant like i can wear clothes that show off the bump yeah but right now it doesn't look like a bump it's just a belly and like i don't want to show it off you know like and i should be more proud of it but i'm do you know something else i've realized as well that i i find really strange and i don't know why i feel like other pregnant women or people that have been pregnant around me right now are kind of judging me i feel like they're judging my belly in comparison to theirs. Oh, like, but oh, they, you're only you, three months. Oh, you're big. Or, no. oh, you're only three months. Can't see anything. Yes. Or, I wasn't that big when I was three months. Like, I feel like that with certain people yeah. that we know that are pregnant and things yeah. like that. And I'm just like, oh. So at the moment, I'm like, is it a bad thing to get big? Is no. it a bad thing to not get I big? I just think you should just go with it and just let your body be because everyone's yeah. different right i had people asking me if i had twins and i was just like no it's just one baby i just carry different i mean i had someone ask me two weeks ago if i was pregnant and i, I was know just like, i remember no this is just how my belly looks and she was like oh sorry because the rest of you is small it's just your belly you have like when you give some women have it not everyone i have a the, pooch not it's like a pooch but it's like it sticks out when you because of your muscles not going back to normal right so there are exercises you can do but it's not controllable yes i still have meat on my body but it she was like it's not a normal bump it looks like a pregnancy bump. and i was like yeah i it's probably because i've had a baby and your but muscles was, haven't gone back haven't gone yet. back but i was like looking at other people and some people they have flat tummies and they just probably have good genetics or that they didn't have that problem yeah so i was just like oh you know a little bit offended by it because she was so like, oh, you know, um, oh, and you're pregnant at the moment. And I'm like, no. Oh. And, I, and I was having a thin day. You know, I woke up that morning thinking, damn, <laughs> I look good. I've lost weight. I'm so happy. And then and then someone does that. It actually, you know, makes you feel a little bit self-conscious. Like after that day, I was just like not wearing this dress again to work. But I and just, I don't think you look pregnant at all in the slightest. And I think I, it, it baffles me that anyone would say that because unless you're 100%, don't say it. I know. Just don't say it. It's just awkward when someone's it, like, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I think we wanted to discuss sex this week just because we wanted to like, you know, if there's anyone out there and their relationship is being affected, I'm... S- listen to this like it's normal okay like you're gonna get a little bit tense with each other there's gonna be times where your sex drive is higher when your sex drive is lower you know you're you're growing a baby inside of you your body's completely changing and do whatever makes you comfortable but But i think i think it's okay also to say to your partner like i'm not into it i was just gonna say that communicate and say just let them know because Because 
I think sometimes men sit there and they think, is she going to be ready tonight? Is but she also, be... sometimes men think that there's something wrong. Like, if they haven't... But if you tell them, like, I used to say mm-hmm. to Alec, like, I don't feel good. And it doesn't... I'm, like, I'm so swollen and I just don't want to. He understands. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to go sort himself out, right? And, you know, that's natural too. Yeah. So I told him, like, it's not going to happen this week. Sorry. And we, before having our daughter, would do it probably almost four times a week. And that's yeah. not normal for... For some people and some people it's more it's just because we both for us we do enjoy it and it's mm. something that we like to do but since you know since pregnancy and giving birth it's been like okay it says they tell you six weeks you should wake six weeks we did not okay I don't take my advice but it's because I felt like my my body healed really well even when I went for my six weeks um, checkup, I asked the doctor, like, oh, is it okay um, to have sex? And she was like, yeah, it's fine. Your body healed fine. And I was like, oh, I, I was worried. I thought maybe I had done something wrong. And I was worried I'd get an infection. And I was like, oh, we've already done it. And she was like, no, it's fine. And she was almost like she didn't want to hear me yeah. <laughs> say more. She was like, yeah, it's okay, yeah. it's fine. You're fine. You yeah. don't have any problems. I'm not saying go do it. Some people wait. I know some friends of mine wait a year. And they're not ready. And their husbands are understanding. They're like, we understand. I have some moms that tell me that their body feels like it's their child's body and not their husband's anymore. And you do get over it, but it takes everyone different stages. Like she breastfed for a while and she was like, I just don't feel comfortable with my husband touching me because it's like, you know, I must be honest, like when we used, when I first breastfed, it's like it never stops leaking. So while you're doing it and stuff, the, the sensation of someone touching your boobs the milk yeah. just comes out and it's a bit like ew for me I because it, it's like sticky it's a sweet it's very like sweet milk so maybe it's the, your, your husband's not bothered by it but you know after I stopped breastfeeding and we were doing things in the bedroom it just felt so I was like oh finally yeah you know I don't have to worry about you know like all this leakage and I and I actually feel like me again yeah you know? I'm really glad that you just said to like actually communicate and speak to your husband or your partner um because that's it. I, I, I completely agree with that. And I actually did that today. Like it's been a week since we had sex and I can tell it's building like that tension kind yeah. of, you know, and I am horny. I just don't feel great, yeah. you know? And I did say to him today, I was like, right, tonight is our night. We are having sex tonight. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, so be careful with what you eat today. I was like, right, I'm gonna be careful with what I eat today. Yes. So like, you know, not eating too much and just being healthy with my choices so that my stomach is less bloated, yeah. more comfortable, drink lots of water, you know, move around a bit more yeah. um, so that I'm less bloated. And I said, I'm going to come home, we're going to have a shower together and we're going to have sex. And yeah. he's like, okay. So now he knows, he's ready. Yeah. And then we can have sex and then the, I can... It's good. Yeah. Like, I think it's really good to communicate just because... Definitely. You know, men will find a way, right? And they will release tension in their body any way they need <laughs> yeah. to. So sometimes it's also good to tell them because I've had, I'm not, uh, Alec is probably going to be upset, but, you know, he will satisfy himself. And sometimes I'll be like, I'm in the mood. And he's like, um, I literally just took a shower. And, and then I know, I'm like, okay, well, we can't do it now, right? Because yeah. you can't, you know, he's yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah, one yeah. of those people. I love how you're like telling details and literally like about 30 minutes ago, her husband just left because he helped us set up today, which was great. And he's like, just don't go too detailed, okay? We need to keep some things private. And Cheryl's like, blah, say it all. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry, Alec. Oh, yeah. I, will apo- I will ask for forgiveness later. So, um, 
Uh, just one more thing uh-huh. I wanted to ask, uh, add in was the lubrications. All lubes are safe, but it's best to go with water-based when you're pregnant. Water-based okay. lubrications. I'm not saying maybe not. Maybe people don't need it, but sometimes you know. Um, when you're pregnant it depends on you know the mood you're in you might be wanting to do it but you're not like you know getting enough lubrication there are different types and I have a list here get a dry vagina when you're pregnant I don't know but I did like to use a little bit because sometimes um, because you get dry mouth right yeah but I don't know if it is but after giving birth to Kira it the first few weeks not, not after six weeks I've I realized that I am turned on, but I'm not getting... As wet. Yes. Okay. And so I did get lubrication, and I used one that was called, like, Pre-Seed or something like that. And it was a water-based one. It's great. And actually, I think that one on the bottle, it's, like, great to be using if you're trying to get pregnant. Oh, (laughs) Yes. It's, like, friend... You know, it's... They are friendly for that. I don't know if it's maybe some lubrications... um, damaged sperm i don't know if it's to do with that but there are a whole list here that i wrote down Mm -hmm. and i can share it also with you guys um when i post the podcast but there's also something called good clean love and aloe aloe candabra okay good clean love almost naked and wet orgasmic (laughs) very creative (laughs) with their names yes so you can get these all on Amazon, and um, but I used the pre-seed one, which is one that is friendly. But I also used it all throughout my pregnancy. Okay. Because not always, but sometimes I would just be like, oh, it's just much easier to just lubricate it up and like you know stick it in and do the thing. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I'm not in the mood to do foreplay. Sorry today, so let's just get to the main action <laughs> i'm glad you've listed those because honestly that's something i wouldn't have even thought about oh sorry it's wet orgasmics organics not orgasmic i wouldn't have even thought about it. i don't use lubricant and um i've used it once and it was a quite a disaster story for me so yeah it just I, I don't know it just didn't feel very good and then okay too much information but like two days later Two days later, I was like out and about and I just felt, you know, like sometimes when you're on your period, you feel a gush. I felt a gush and I was like, oh, what's that? And it felt really wet. And I went to the bathroom and it was all the lubricant. So I know the vagina is a salve cleaning organ, right? So it will clean it out. So So that's why they always say water-based because I did read something about that. Because this was latex. Yes. They yeah. were like, if it's latex, it's, it also irritates, like a woman, you know, we don't like to talk about, but we, we everything's inward, so, yeah. and it's hot and moist down there, so infection. you don't want to have an infection, and I did use um, one that is like, uh, the condom one, I, I forgot the name, Durex. Durex, yes, Durex one, they have one, and it just did not do well i use that also when i first started dating my husband we got that and and it just even the even when i that's when we what were using condoms, it always made me have irritations down there yeah so we had to find something that was not going to irritate me he's fine like i don't know if men ever have irritations down there i feel yeah. really sorry for women we always have to take the brunt of everything no they like, do i think they do get infections and things yeah 
Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't a nice experience for me. And I, you can smell, because sm lube has that smell, right? Yeah. So I could smell that it was lubricant. And I was like, oh, I didn't get an infection though. So, yeah. so I always say, you know, if you want to do a little bit of um, something fun and you want more moisture because you're having struggles with that before or during or after pregnancy, mm you should go for a water-based lubricant so that, you know, it just makes everything feel a lot better okay. down there. West meets East. So we were looking at some superstitions this time yes, that Eastern fur. people may have and Western people may have. So you found one for the Eastern, Eastern so yes. for Asians in Taiwan mostly, I think also, right? Yes. What was that superstition that you found? Okay, so we have a few over here. And the first one is renovating or moving to a new home. They mm -hmm. say you are not allowed to renovate your home all throughout your pregnancy. I did not know that. My mom told me only the first trimester. So clearly she doesn't know uh, or she's forgotten. And you should not move to a new house when you are um, just pregnant throughout your whole pregnancy. So yeah. you said you had a friend who also... Oh, it wasn't a friend. It was um, that girl. I, I mentioned her last time, Taylor R. I watched her YouTube. And she lives in Hong Kong uh, with her boyfriend... Yes. who's from Hong Kong and they were moving apartments and they were renovating no they weren't moving apartments they were renovating the spare bedroom into a nursery and whilst those renovations were going on he actually moved her out the apartment she actually had to rent a new apartment and live in a new apartment while she was pregnant while the renovations were going on because they said it's really bad luck for her to be around all the renovations yeah so yeah. I guess that's something in the east. Which is weird because Westerners, we would be renovating ourselves. Not yeah. only would we be okay. in the house that's being renovated, we'd be hammering stuff ourselves. So we did that when we were when we were when I was pregnant with my daughter, we renovated her room. We did all of the yeah. paint ourselves, we did everything. So, you know, Everyone, you go with what you believe in, okay? Uh -huh. And there's a second one. The second one is no pregnancy announcements in the first three months. And I feel like that is both East and, and West. West. So, yeah. um, you know, perfect. And Which we, we spoke why. about last, um, on the last episode. And I'm interested to know what people think. Like, do you think it's bad luck? I don't people. know if it's bad luck, but they do say that there's a 20% chance that you will have a miscarriage mm -hmm. in the first um, three months. Three months, And this is why you should wait because, you know, you get so excited and you tell everyone. And as I said in the last podcast, that's up to you. If you want to share your news yeah. and you want to go through the whole process of grieving with your friends and family, then that's great. I'm happy for you to do that. And uh, not me, just like I'm. Ha you should be happy with the choice that you've made yeah um but at the same time i just think it's also okay to be open and not make it such a taboo subject because people almost i feel like some women find it shameful that they've gone through a miscarriage yeah and, it's and not i a, can relate to that thing. i said that to colin last night after telling his family that we'd we'd announced that we, we were pregnant now i was like now the pressure's on <laughs> like now if something because i'm still waiting i've got another two weeks to wait for my genetic testing to come back to make sure everything's okay and i was like what if something doesn't come back okay like the shame of having to tell people that are so excited that you're pregnant yeah. so excited that oh you know we have to terminate because 
genetically things, something's yeah. gone wrong or it's not healthy for baby or healthy for mum, you know, that's scary. Yeah. And it puts on more pressure. It makes the pregnancy seem more real. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, but at the same time, it's also good because you might find... Um, you might connect with people not just family maybe friends that are like actually i've gone through exactly the same thing maybe not genetics maybe it's something else and you guys can bond over that and get the support so at the same time yes it's sad things happen but it's nice to know that you're not alone when it's, these things it's happen. It's hard to not feel shame yeah. through it, though, because yeah. it's your body yeah. and you feel but, like... Oh, and I do, I feel so bad for women because they always like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what... Like, okay, so my best friend, she's been trying for a baby for two years. I told you she was pregnant. I was very excited. I told people at work, like you and Martin, and I was like... I shouldn't have said anything and then she went for a scan and the baby didn't have a heartbeat so now I phoned her the other day she asked me how my husband's doing he's just gone through a big accident and recovery and I asked her like how are you doing and she was like oh you know I am going to try start like try and conceive again and I said I'm so happy to hear that and she said they did a test where they can test the tissue and she was like everything it would have been a healthy baby she just says they don't know what went wrong and she almost she I could tell on her face because it was a video call that she felt like it's her like her body did something and I was and I said to her like look maybe it's your body but most of the time it's not something you can control these mm-hmm. things happen. It's a freak accident, just like yeah. what happened to my husband. Mm-hmm. So I just said to her, like, I don't want you to feel discouraged. And I know it's scary. Like, she was like, now I'm more scared because I told everyone. She literally told everyone. And she was like, and my dad went and told everyone. And she was getting messages from people she didn't even know. So yeah. it does, at that point, I did feel like, you know, if someone tells you, you shouldn't tell people because they're going to message her. And I was like, oh, you know, it's okay to tell people. Like, she was like, I'm happy to share it with my family and go through this but she was like it was like random people sending me messages saying not to give up and she just felt really like why did my dad go do that defeated almost like yeah that's so yes that is one thing so another one is no eating carbs or seafood okay (gasps) so chinese especially carbs wait carbs yeah carbs it says Oh, no, not carbs, sorry, crabs. Oh, crabs I was going to say, Cheryl, oh, because no, last night I told Colin's mum, she was like, what have you been eating? Like, what's helping you? And I was like, me and bao, which is bread. And she was like, oh, no, 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 too much, too much. So when you say, like, carbs, I'm like, no, that's sorry, I'm so eating. sorry. I, I read that too quickly. I just see, saw C-A-B-S and I was like, carbs. Oh I love God. carbs. Um, okay, yeah. so they say not to eat seafood, especially crabs, is because they think that your baby will have many hands and legs. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's exactly what it says no. on here. Mm-hmm. But it does say that there's a fact that seafood is rich in protein and iron and zinc, which is good for the baby to develop. Pay attention to predator fish like sharks and swordfish, which is con- which contains high level of mercury. So, I mean, I don't think we eat shark or swordfish. No, fish, I don't. But no. in China, I think in the East they do. Yes, So yeah. they do say stay away from that. Um, as long as crabs and seafoods are cooked well, moms-to-be can eat them, especially during their third trimester and prompt baby's brain development. So that's good. Um, but yes, it's a bit weird that they think your baby will get so many legs that's very i don't know if they have that in the west like i I think in the west we can we just we eat whatever we want Uh, yeah of course the the doctor will tell you what not to eat but what i'm saying is like i'll eat crab don't think my baby's gonna become a crab no (laughs) 
That's weird. No. Yeah, that is weird. I think the difference um, between Westerners and, uh, well, between myself, I can say, mm. and other Taiwanese women that I've been around that are pregnant, is they are way more cautious. Yes. They take it way more seriously and they are way more cautious. They're so careful, like won't carry books and won't run or walk fast. Yes. Things like that. And I'm like running through the corridors, yes. holding all my students' I books. was like lifting things. My, like, mom, when yeah. I was lifting things and renovating, my mom was like, you should not be lifting things and renovating in the first trimester. Yeah. Like, Didn't you say the renovation was due to something like banging? The banging of it bangs out the baby. My mom would, would say that like you're banging out the baby, which is like, pushing the baby out and I was like mom don't be ridiculous I've never heard such nonsense and my mom was like no I'm serious <laughs> I hate the word banging I have a weird story about the word banging and it kind of connects to like sex I don't know if it's appropriate <laughs> or not but I'm gonna say it oh god I hope my mom's not listening so when we were kids me and my sister if we needed something when we were in the bedroom we used to bang on the floor and my mom used to come into the bedroom and be like, what's wrong what's wrong but years down the line like I'm like 20 something like Oh 19, 20 something, <laughs> and I'm in my bedroom with my boyfriend, and I'm on top, and the next thing I know, my mum came running in the room, like, ah, banging, and I was like, oh, no, ah. and she was like, oh, closed the door, and I was like, oh, God, so now whenever I hear the word banging, I just have this flashback of my mum in my bedroom while I'm sat on top of my boyfriend, and she's like, I heard banging, I'm like, no, <laughs> and, then she, and then she slammed the door, and she opened it just ajar, and was like, Sorry, I thought you were in trouble. And then I like, closed the door again. I was like, no, I'm fine. I just like lie there, like talking of things that turn our boyfriends off. Well, that was one of them. <laughs> that was a, that was the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I love it. I love it. I, I, I'm sorry. I just feel like uh, as a mom, you like. That's just, you, yeah, I think our mums aren't even going to listen to this episode. No, no, it's know. fine. It's yeah. I was just thinking as me as a mum, like... Uh. No, that's what I'm saying, though. I, I think both of our mums know the topic of this podcast, yeah. this episode, and they're just like, oh, I'll give this one a miss. Yeah, my mum was like, no, thank you. Okay, was and, there anything else you yes, wanted to add? Yes, and there's another one. Uh, the fourth one is no attending weddings or funerals because they think it will have the opposite effect. So the lack of a bride and groom may... Ha- have the harm of health to the baby or mom to be but the fact it says facts here it was like it's perfectly safe for moms and baby to go to a wedding or funeral as long as you wear a comfortable outfit that's what it says <laughs> oh my god so i'm just like um, oh how many pregnant women have you seen at weddings before i mean come on i've seen many but actually i don't know if i've seen in taiwan i've not been to many weddings here though i've been to a lot of western weddings yeah um, and like back home i went to a lot of weddings and I saw i've pregnant. been to a lot of taiwanese weddings because colin's friends and family i don't think i ha- i have seen a pregnant person at a wedding or maybe i just didn't realize because yeah. i didn't think about it and the last one is no scissors or needles on the bed on the bed chinese beliefs that using scissors and needles may lead to the baby with a cliff lip oh a uh, cleft lip yeah. Yeah, okay, I mean... The fact is, there is no evidence that this is true. <laughs> but also, like, having scissors and needles on the bed anyway is dangerous. Yeah, but it's, it's like, woohoo, like, okay, today I'm going to just throw the scissors and needles on my bed yeah. and lie on it. Woo! You'll get a cleft lip. Yeah. Like, you so I was just like, why, why, why would you put that up there? But anyway, that is a weird thing. Yeah. But yeah, so this is something that they believe in. And, and that's fine. I, I think I can't off the top of my head think of any superstitions we have when when being. But I just know that they say not to um, 
tell anyone in the first three months which yeah, is I like I, yeah but it is not something like crazy like having many legs or whatever yeah um and also i don't know in in back in south africa back home um the african culture they don't allow you to give shoes to like you can't buy shoes for an unborn child you have to oh. wait until the baby is out and then you can buy shoes but if someone's pregnant you don't gift them shoes you always gift clothes or toys okay that does remind me of one actually um we don't like to use used car seats oh really i've heard that a <gasps> lot i don't know if that's my just like my is... area oh but they say like don't use a car seat because like maybe that car's been in a crash or had an accident or something oh. it's bad luck so they just don't like people like to buy new car seats they don't sorry like kira mommy got you a secondhand car seat <laughs> yeah I, colin keeps talking to me about we need to do more buy more secondhand stuff and save money and be resourceful don't and worry i've got you all even that for said you, you were like, like oh like... i can let you use my high chair i bought that high yeah. chair thinking you know i paid money for it and i was like this is going to be great i can use it in so many ways and my daughter has only used it as a high chair like they were like oh you can use it in her room as a little table and it just we bought her a table we forgot that it even transforms and i was like mm, i'm gonna let cat use this for her baby when when when, when you know it's what? born I, I, colin will love that he's, yeah. he's it's he's, a really nice one too so i was just like it better get some use out of it for the money yeah. we paid I and then we like, can pass it on to the next yeah. person you know okay so next week our topic for next week is going to be a little less funny and a little less, um, it's a bit more serious. Yes. So It might be funny. We might, you never know. Yeah. With a few little jokes here and there. Sometimes you have to be able to laugh at yourself, right? Hence the name, Fools in a Walk. We're yes. all fools in this situation, right? Um, eating disorders during pregnancy yes. and after pregnancy. And even before. Yes. So I like we we both have this experience i had it before and and then body image after pregnancy yes and it's something we really want to open the space up for having an open conversation it would be great if you guys can comment let us know your stories even on this podcast comment some of your stories because we can read them out on the next podcast and you can always do it anonymously you do not have to put your name on it yes tell us some funny sex sex during pregnancy or when you weren't pregnant send it through to our instagram we would love to read we even reposted don't worry we will block out your names and everything so we really want to have a good open conversation about confidence and eating disorders and you know like cheryl said we we both have suffered haven't we from having an eating disorder and it is something that i feel never goes you just learn to live with it and you learn to manage it and then when things like this happen like pregnancy it can trigger something so we want to talk about that a bit right all right okay see you next week guys bye